0: Live on ACN Track. Welcome to Go Greyhounds with James Broadhurst and Callum Robson. Hello everyone
1: and welcome to the show brought to you by Auto Owls, 24 Hour Mechanical and Auto Electrical of Services. My name is James Broadhurst. Joining me in the studio is Callum Robson and Leia Ernest. How are you guys? Great. Very well. Very well. Good. Good to hear. As always, we're going to kick off the show looking at the highlights coming up. Over the weekend, starting at Mandra on a Friday night. Leia, what's the first race we're looking at down there? We're
2: actually kicking off with a very interesting race because we see one of our champs here, Buster the Brute, drawn very nicely out of box one, and he steps up to the 490. He has been chasing an excellent form and recently hit over 100000 in prize money. But we see Zach Minelli come back after about five months off, and he holds the track record here, which I don't really think any greyhound has come close to beating, and he's drawn nicely as well out of box two.
0: Does look like a two-dog r- race, Kel. Is that how you view this one? Yeah, pretty much. There's Jaro Bale. If you, Jaro Bale Bail best. He has gone um, low 30s around Richmond, which is absolutely flying, but hasn't won since February. So that's got to be a big concern. On paper, I think it's a two-dog race. You've got Buster Brute that's going to lead for sure. He'll put f- four lengths on most of these. Zach Nelly will be in behind, and it's... How ready Zach Minnelli is going to be first up over 490 is going to be the key. Um, I'd have Zach Minnelli's slight favourite, but you always want to be on the dog out in front. Um, Buster the brute over 490 has held out Campini before. so um, and We haven't seen his best over 490 as well. That 405 run last start, he came home really well. I think he'll run the 490 and I think he'll be able to go under 2730. Looks like a really good tussle, doesn't it, between these two. Boxes one
1: and two. I'm just leaning towards Zach. Uh, Zach will definitely come home like a freight train. The question mark obviously is first run back a- after a long time. Is he going to be 100%? But I'm working off your intel, Cal, that you were saying the dog was absolutely flying during trials.
0: Yeah, obviously he went the 2217 um over the 4.05. I am surprised to see him so quickly up to 4.90. That trial wasn't long ago, so... He's up to 490 pretty quickly, but he's a dog that has won over 600. So strength's not his issue. For Buster's sake, I'm hoping that Chomp and uh, Jarrah Bell can get into second and sort of uh, hold him up. La, you thought Black Q might be a possible spoiler
1: here?
2: Possibly. I mean, again, I do think it is a two-dog race between Buster and Zach, but Black Q does well out of box five, which is where he draws here. Last five starts out of this box. He... Had three wins, two seconds, so I would say definitely a place chance.
1: All right, place chance. Moving on to another race we like the look of, or we think is an interesting one at least, on Friday night, race nine, which is over the 405-metre journey. This one looks like a wide-open affair.
2: Well, yeah, it does, and it's – I mean, we were just chatting about it earlier on. It's got a very interesting field. Can't really pick it, but – I mean, Stanger Bull drawn out of box one. Good times here. Prefers the wider draw, I've noticed, in recent runs. And ran second two starts back, but collided with a few dogs that left him in the back of the field. So I think he's better suited when he doesn't hit the traffic and he's drawn the one here, so a good chance.
1: Yeah, also Commando Max, a last start winner. Lavinia Manelli going okay at the moment. Rocket Kuna, a possible favourite here out in box seven. Uh, last few runs have been okay. Dog, I don't mind, but I'm not super, super confident on it. Uh, let it slide from box four. Uh, generally thereabouts, Cal's just can't believe it that that I'm that I'm still going with this dog. There must be some kind of um,
2: more of value bet.
1: Yeah, more of uh, definitely more an each wayer. Rocket Kuna going to be favourite here, Cal, Do you think?
0: Yeah, I think Rocket Kuna be favourite. He's definitely suited to the wide draw. He's got a lot of early speed. The slight query is that he trolled. A lot quicker than he has on race start. And he's had a lot of... He's had every chance in a lot of his races. And he's only gone 22.89. He actually went um, sub-22.80 in a trial. So um, if he can bring that trial for him, he'd definitely be winning this race. But there are a lot of chances. Wheel cut would be the big improver coming into box two. So Doc with a lot of ability does need to lead to win. And around that 23 second mark might be good out in front. Um, Commando Mack was good last start. Let it slide, and Stanger uh, Stanger Bull both have the same qualities. They tend to miss the start and have to find their way through the field. Lavinia Minnelli's racing well. Rusty Boomgate's got a bit of early speed, but I think Rocket Cooner can lead, stay out wide, and win this race.
1: Yeah, Rusty Boomgate was uh, quick early in the maiden victory last last time. Uh, Just for me, let it slide. You mentioned we'll find it tough. We'll have to come through the field, but we'll come home late, uh, and we'll definitely be pressing late, whether... Uh, too far back or not i guess we'll find out but it looked really open race this one good betting race
2: definitely let's swing our attention to headquarters on saturday it is canning cup night and of course heats of the young stars race five is heat one all the heats over the 520 another open field here we've got barefoot tycoon drawn out of box one has the blinkers on sunset toxic as well do we think sunset toxic will be drawing favorite here
0: Uh, No, I think Barefoot Tycoon is favourite. If it's not favourite, it'll be starting favourite. It's the best dog in this field. Don't think we've seen the best of this dog. Has a pretty good map. Cabargo and Hazy Flash, both want to use a little bit of the track. Uh, Rambo's boy is not the best beginner. Sunset Toxic will look to come across, but I doubt it can outspeed the three and the four early. uh, Barefoot Tycoon should be able to sit behind these. This dog absolutely flies home late. Has gone 11-11, run home before. Um, we'll be going two to any of these dogs. One will be winning this race. Yeah,
1: I do like Barefoot Token out of the one here. Thought it might start at an okay price. So I'm I, not entirely sure Sunset Toxic won't start favourite here. Might be, might be they might be on similar prices here p- potentially. These two question is Sunset Toxic. If uh, he doesn't lead, I don't think he can win this. Um, And that's going to be the query, isn't it? Does the dog get to the front?
2: Well, I think, you know, in terms of who comes out the favourite, we had a discussion about this a few episodes back about the fact that it's a David Hobby dog and sometimes they tend to draw favourite just because of that you know, relation to the trainer. So the there's hate, that yeah. as well. But I think we're all in agreement here. Yeah, I'm also leaning towards Barefoot Tycoon drawn out of box one, although he's yet to jump from here but should be suited to this draw. Did run second to Sunset Toxic back in September by about a neck, but Sunset drew box two. So, you know, I think with this draw, it's definitely more to Barefoot Tycoon's
1: uh, We spoke to Graham Codelli a few weeks back that the hype on Barefoot Tycoon was huge. That doesn't necessarily always translate. Obviously, you know, trainers and kennels are certainly biased towards their dogs. Uh, but, yeah, they've been around the game long enough not to be not to be talking up a dog that they don't think is really good. So, yeah, okay, we're all... It's definitely going to get rolled because we all <laughs> agree all that it's going to get up here. Barefoot Tycoon in the first seat. What about this second one, Leia?
2: So, race six, heat two. We've got oh, an interesting field here as well. I think it is... The Enzo Dogs, where the main attention is. Wicket Rhythm, out of box two. Historic Time, out of box three. And maybe also Sunset Nuclear here, who's drawn wider for David Hobby in box eight.
1: Yeah, the uh, All-Star Sprint winner gets box eight once again. of course, followed up that All-Star Sprint win with
0: some
1: pretty poor performance, I thought, last week, Kel.
0: Well, we said it on the show, Well, at least I did, that... Mm-hmm. This, the All-Star Sprint win wasn't actually that good. Obviously, it's a big race, and being out in front in a big race is good, but um, the time wasn't there, any Sunset Nuclear had every possible in that race and only went around the 30-40 uh, f- uh, mark or 30-14 mark. Um, last week, had a few excuses, but uh, wasn't very good to my eye. I think it's between the two Enzo dogs. I think I'd lean to wicket rhythm. I think it was very good last start. Has the early speed to beat the one out, and historic time... Um, will stay relatively straight. So uh, weak rhythm can get on the fence and from there can uh, prove, I think revved up moment is probably your early leader. Does show a lot of speed, but does find the 5.20 a bit on that limit. And uh, Rapido Lass is one that can definitely win this race. Just needs to get the start right. Keeps dwelling in the boxes, but we have seen this dog go 29.65 before and has gone rapid early and is really suited out wide. Uh, yeah,
1: disappointing for me last week, repeat or less. In fact, the last couple of weeks, I know the week prior had been caught up in a fair bit of traffic and that, that, that cruel, the, the run. But, yeah, pro- we spoke off air, cal, repeat or less, probably the quickest dog in the field. That doesn't always translate uh, into victories here. What about Weston Roger jumping out of box five? This is a dog uh, that we thought was going to be quite a
0: Quite uh, successful, I guess, a few months back. Hasn't really kicked on. Yeah, that run over 600 two starts ago was awful. Um, Last start, it got to a bit of a bumping jaw. I thought it was only fair after for a dog that is really strong over the 520. I thought his performance was only fair. Comes up with box five here with a lot of speed around him. I think it's really tricky for Weston Roger. Uh, Yeah, well, you, you guys are leaning towards Wicked Rhythm. Did I hear that right? I am. Yeah.
2: Cal is, I, yeah, I did say it's between the Crudeli dogs. I do like the look of historic time. Wicked rhythm is slightly quicker to jump, but historic time usually charges home towards the end. So over the 520 should be helpful, especially with Sassy Blade drawn out of box one, a much slower beginner. So definitely between the two and three here.
1: All right. Uh, yeah, probably leaning to Wicked rhythm only because it's likely to be uh, in a more forward position. But historic time, as we've seen, has come over a lot of dogs. Of late. What about this third heat? Obviously, uh, race seven, third heat of the Young Stars, a classic. Obviously, the dog jumping out of box two here kind of dominates the conversation around this race. Uh, Sunset Spitfire.
2: Undefeated, of course. So, yeah. you know, for David Hobby, we'll, cu- we'll be coming out the favourite. Last week ran 29.60 and won against Speed Missile last start in 29.60, but is also half-sister to Speed Bandit, who was drawn... Three here. I know, Cal, you don't think Sunset Spitfire is the one here?
0: Well, I definitely should be favourite. Don't get me wrong, but I'm predicting it's going to be around the $20.30 $20. $20. mark probably in this race, and I'm happy to take it on. It's got a couple of bad characteristics of missing the start. Um, in, it's severely up in grade here, and this race has a lot of early speed. Even though Stargazer's splits aren't um, great over the 5.20, he's actually pretty quick out and wants to shift right up the track. He's also a massive dog, so you have to take that in consideration. Speed Bandit's a sub-5.50 early and does get out the boxes really well. Um, Joni Keeping and Minis Manelli, one of them is going to come into box four. They're also very quick. LaDrua Minelli will try to come across. Our Jai is always running under uh, 5.50 early, and Ripper Memphis flew out last start. So there is a lot of speed in this race and a lot of dogs that be coming across. I think Sunset Spitfire has to nail the start. We haven't seen this dog come back um, from back in the field yet, so I'm happy to take it on. I'll be looking towards Speed Bandit. I think it's the strongest dog in the race. Um, If it's camped uh, near them, it will be running uh, most of these dogs down. Um, And I'd have something small at a big price on Projectory potentially.
2: Projectory, we will have Dave Robartson on later on, and we'll get his thoughts on him. But, James, what are your thoughts with the other runners in this field?
1: Uh, Look, uh, you know, Cal's right in terms of, you know, this is the first test we're going to see feel uh, first real test we're going to see for sunsets before I think the dog's up to it I, I it will be sh- he will be short uh, but look yeah I, I you know he'll have to miss the star pretty badly to be beaten I think
2: yeah I think we're kind of all in agreement with that one <laughs> again which is unlikely we're usually disagreeing with each other on the show but we're all on the same page here let's swing our attention to race eight which is the canning show now just take note earlier start. This Saturday at Cannington, about 4 pm the first, and we've got the Canning Show Cup, so I think it just allows for the fireworks at the end of the night. That's
1: right, first race 4 pm, and we've got fireworks as you mentioned there, so get on down, bring the family down to Cannington this week uh, and have a, have the early nights. But don't get caught out wherever you're looking at the races from uh, around the country, we're about three hours uh, early there on Saturday night. And Canning Show Cup, you mentioned there, Leia, is the Feature race of the night. We've got, uh, once again, another David Hobby Dog, which will dominate the betting market at least, Flake Minnelli uh, over the 600-metre journey. Unassailable? Are we going to make that claim
0: or not?
2: She hasn't been beat at Cannington for a while now. I think close to four to five months that she's just been winning back-to-back wins here on this track.
0: Yeah, the 600-metre box can beat her. Um, Don't particularly like the Ben start for Flake Minnelli, but in saying that, I'd refuse to do the race because... I know I'll find a way to take her on. She'll just come out and lead and win. So um, I think on, well, obviously Flake's going to be favourite. It's going to be way too short, especially on that 600-metre bend. Um, so, yeah, Flake should win, but I'll be staying out.
1: Staying out. Okay. What about Shamira Minnelli from Box 1? Any chance there? Van Buren's been racing well over this journey. Last couple of starts. Uh, Red Cap Minnelli, we're not sure where this dog's at at the moment. I think anything,
0: anything there. I think if you are looking to take on Flake Minnelli, you've got to then uh, – Say that Flake Minelli's not going to lead, and so that's going to you are going to want to be for a strong dog, and that's probably Van Buren uh, to be running. Very versatile, can run home really strong, and was very good last start. So, if you did want to take on Flake Minelli, um, I would go with Van Buren.
1: Van Buren's the one, and uh, you're, if you are doing novelties, you've got to throw Grace Ali in there. That always charges home. Nabs third.
2: She's a bit up and down for me. Sometimes she performs and sometimes she doesn't. Oh, but
1: nature of the dog at the stage of, of yeah. her career. But, yeah, I just yeah couldn't possibly leave her out for novelty selection.
2: Well, yeah, and, you know, Van Buren, as Cal mentioned, runs a quicker time. But I think Shamira Minnelli is drawn better. And her last two wins from here were out of box one. So
1: All right. Well, anyway, Flake likely, very likely to uh, just continue on her form in regards uh, over those, those staying journeys there on Saturday night. Uh, on the other side of the break, we're going to be catching up with uh, Dave Robertson Before before that, layer, you've got something from our sponsors. We
2: do. Station sponsors, auto, ours, family-owned and operated. The number one priority is to get to know you and your car personally and with 24-hour service, especially with the Palmy Pint and Punt going on at the moment until the end of November. Why not head down on track to Cannington, get your car service. Um, Auto Owls is actually only a stone's throw away at Bentley's 1370 Oaks Street. So get a palmy pint and a punt while you get your car service. Head to their website, autoowls.com.au. Check out their Facebook page or you can contact them on six double two zero seven five zero eight.
0: Live on ACN track, you're listening to Go Greyhounds with James Broadhurst and Callum Robson.
1: Welcome back to the show where well, we have got one of the legends of greyhound racing with us on the show now Dave Robertson how are you Dave Well oh, thank you good to have you on the show uh of course a uh, long time uh long time involvement in greyhound racing yourself and uh Christine uh lot to talk about uh but, uh, but, but I guess the the First thing we want to get to are these dogs you've got going around on Saturday night. Yep,
2: yeah, sounds good. Well, our main interest is the young star heats, Dave. You've got Projectory in the third heat. What do you think of his chances, especially with Sunset Spitfire going around as well? Uh, naturally,
3: it'll be a hard task. He's four and 6 and uh, he's, he's sort of coming early and he wants to rail. So you need to, to make yourself some luck last week. The first two starts, he just fluffed at both times. He just uh, didn't know what to do, felt for running. Uh Last week, he sort of turned the tables on them a bit. I think he got a bit closer and uh, took charge of the race and, and then uh, ended up winning it. So I'm hoping this week he does
1: the same. It is a race you've had a, a fair bit of success in over the past. You've won it four times, uh, going back to 1987. You must have uh, fond memories going into this series. Yeah, young guns or young stars are always a thrill because most times their pups were either bought,
3: those pups or we've, or we've uh, read them out, bred them, and read them ourselves. So it always gives you a buzz if you get one. Now, this one's similar. I bought this one through um, Cal Bruno, and uh, he, he recommended that the dog would be okay. and uh, I'm hoping that we can uh, achieve something with it.
0: The dog that's probably flying the flag for the kennel at the moment, Hasty Guest, draws box one. It's a pretty hot field, but we know he's very strong over the five hundred, and if he can camp just behind them, has to be a chance in this race.
3: Certainly, yeah, he's pulled up well after his run last week. He's uh, he's one of those dogs to say he's he's a bit tardy early, but uh, he's got the red this week, and I think that'll help his case. Uh, if he can just pause up behind, I'm told that he'll get a lot of teeth. Uh, in that field, uh, a yeah, separate field as well, a uh, 3 to all field, so he'll have to do everything right. But if he's close enough to pay for home, he, he could give him right.
0: And don't guess another box one for Saturday night. Uh, it's quite a tricky field with a bit of early speed, but he was very good running home last start.
3: Yes, he uh, He's the same. He, he wants the fence. Uh, he's drawn the red, so he's only problem is he, he's got a good kennel dog. Uh, he goes better when he's in early races, as he was last week. But I don't know how he'll fare after race 12 on uh, Saturday night. So even though it's still early in the day, he still won't have amount of
1: time in the kennel. Yeah, it doesn't uh, not doesn't cope well with the extra time in there? No, he, he, he won't relax. Once you got put him in there, he stands in the bars and he just
3: drools and uh, uh, just carries on a bit. He doesn't go silly, but when you're in the kennel, it just... Over on the floor where he's been standing for the free house. So, uh you Frost But, um, you know, he's got
1: enough petrol left to take you after that. What about, and the race before, you've got a, a dog uh, involved there, Jailbreak Guess, uh, in race 11, uh, grade 4-5 over the 5.20 metre journey. Uh, had a couple of runs back from a quite a lengthy break. Uh, how's this dog going? Yeah, she's, she's knocking on the door. Uh, she
3: was a bit unlucky last week. She got just a, a touch on the first turn, but she was in mid flight when the dog hit her, and when, when she actually landed, she landed about uh, a metre away from where she started, just heading towards the outflow fence. Money because she was off the ground when the dog hit her. But no, she, she's capable uh, of running around the 30 mark, uh, or tucked below, depending on the track. Um, and
1: certainly, if, uh, if she does that, she's going to be in that race. What about the rest of the kennel? Have you got any other dogs coming through there, Dave? No,
3: I've I've, um, I've got some uh, four
1: young pups here. Uh,
3: They're out of uh, Weston, Weston Cheryl, Uh, and they're by uh, the American sire uh, Flying Fired Up, who. who uh, had a good reputation over there. Uh, he hasn't got many pups. So, um, there's a few interesting uh, cities running around but um, with good reports, but I think this is about the second litter that he's had in, in Australia. So they're doing everything right. Uh, just educating him now. So it's price in a couple of months' time. We should see him on the track.
1: Okay, well, that'd be an interesting one uh, to see how the American side uh, goes over here. The The, the breeding side of things dave uh, you you obviously uh you know breeding your own stock that's one of the things that you do yes
3: yeah we've always uh, bred a couple we've been, uh, in a position position to do so uh at the moment we've got um three bitches in pup so oh, i had pups so fingers crossed that next year we'll have a good, a good uh end of next year and you uh, know we should have some nice pups on the ground
1: Coming through, you've been involved in the game for uh, for a long time. I think you you're involved. Remind me if this is correct or not, Dave. You, when the Mandra Track, uh, even before the Mandra Track opened, you're on the committee involved in in getting that uh, r- that venue up and running. Yes, It yeah, we started in the early days, and uh, when they built the
3: uh, uh, when they built the uh, ground, they did have a, a chaos. Uh, we were asked uh, look for some of something
1: so uh, we built a kiosk and uh leased, where or we run it and uh it lease for the club until so such times as they can afford to pay for it. So that right. was uh, and yeah, we, yeah, it's a bit as I was gonna say, you you were, from those kind of pretty humble beginnings it was pretty basic back then, but you now you see the track and what it is now. It's it's you know a m- massive difference, isn't it?
3: Oh, it's magnificent, yeah. I was there when they had to pull the graph up and uh, the things that happened during the, you know, during the course of the stay. Of the, the, the first time we started there, I was on the committee and um, we, had a, a planer, we had a power failure, or we saw a power failure, but during that day or during that week, and they had the um, contractors inputting uh, uh, reticulation through the centre and they cut through the main line, the main power supply. And that was chaotic. You know, it was the first race started about half past nine, but we managed to get the menu going and a couple of extra settings a And uh, if you looked out on the track, well, digging everywhere. It looked like treasure all all the holes all around the centre of the track where I was
1: trying to find the main power supply. Oh, the sort of drama you don't need on opening night—that's for sure. Absolutely,
3: yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: And this is a this is like a, this is late seventies, and you 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 had dogs uh, from back then. You were based. You were based in the Nambilup area, was that right, or around there? No, we are at Barragut. My
3: first, my first couple of dogs I had were through Yep. That's how we started. Uh, we had Dancing Eagle and uh, one of the um, Diamond Dogs. We from uh, Tasmania, we were pretty
1: successful. I think if you go back through the feature race history of that era, certainly the, the 80s, uh, there's probably not a, a race that you guys didn't win at least once or twice during that period.
3: Yes, we had to, we, we bought some nice dogs. At first stage, we hadn't started to breed too many. But, uh, yeah, we brought some nice dogs from Pazzi and uh, Victoria and New South Wales and tried to, um, you know, pick the dogs from one of the particular races that were coming up. And, uh, yeah, we were, we were lucky. We were pretty lucky with the box draw and everything like that.
1: One dog that kind of sticks out, I guess, uh, wits end, which you won the Galaxy with, owned by the Minotillos, who they then went on to train dogs themselves? Yeah. Yeah, well,
3: uh, they, uh, they moved in down the road from where we were, in up. and my young mate went to school with Alicia's daughter and they uh, got talking about greyhounds and all of a sudden they come down from T1-9 and uh, I bought a dog. It was called Johnny Palais.
1: Right. Yep. He
3: went on and won quite a few races.
1: I think he won. He might have won the Young Stars too. Uh, he did. Yeah, ninety-three won the yeah. the the Young Stars. So he was a pretty handy introduction to to the sport, isn't he? Um, yeah. yeah you, you certainly built a, a very big, a good name for you, for the kennel back in those days, uh, Dave. What we're going to do, because I, I want to talk to you about your your Queensland era, which of course you 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 really conquered the greyhound world uh, in that time. But we're going to have to take a short break. Are you happy to stick around and we'll, we'll talk about that on the other side?
3: Okay, bye. No worries.
1: All right, good stuff. Uh, that's David Bartson there. Have a short break and we'll continue with Dave uh, when we come back.
0: Live on ACN Track, you're listening to Go Greyhounds with James Broadhurst and Callum Robson.
1: All right, we are back and uh, back with us is Dave uh, Robartson. and uh, Dave, thanks for sticking with us. I did want to talk about your time in in Queensland. Uh, obviously that was probably the the most successful period uh you had in in your grey you and Christine had in your Greyhound career, even more successful than than what you had back over here in WA. Uh what was the setup over there and and when did you move over there? Um
3: about 2000 2001, I think it was. Uh, Yeah, what happened, I was working for uh, Clean Heat Gas and uh, I was transferred to Queensland as the uh, state manager for, uh, at the time, they were doing, uh, regenerating, running new business and everything else. And uh, I went over there supposedly for five years. (laughs) Uh, After I'd been there for two years they had a change of uh, uh, bosses in Perth and they decided that they wanted me to come back to Perth and at that stage we bred some. Christine wasn't working apart from having greyhounds and we had a heap of pups in the yard. So I ended up taking a redundancy and went full-time.
1: Yeah, okay. And it certainly worked out for you because it was the most... Even more fruitful than period than you've had previously in your career. Some of the dogs that came out of the kennel uh, during that time were really good. Of course, uh, Miss Hot Gossip, probably one of your first really good dogs.
3: Yes, yeah, she was she was a great little bitch. Yeah, um, quick, early, and uh, strong. You know, just had a, had a great personality. Nice kennel dog.
1: Uh, and then. Only a few years later, you had Earner, uh, which was, uh, went absolutely stratospheric for you. Tell us about this dog.
3: Well, Earner was a, a litter of... Come out of a litter of uh, nine pups. Uh, he was... Um, probably the, the dog in the, in the yard was always behind. He never, he never came forward. But once we merged him into the big yard... You'd watch him. He'd, he'd be laying around. And we had a, a, a three-acre paddock with a dam in the middle. And what we'd do that in the evening, they'd all start jumping around, and I'd watch him. He'd be laying under a tree. They'd all take off, and by the time they got halfway around, he'd caught them, giving them probably twenty or thirty beats of start at the <laughs> right. start. Yeah. So he always sort of became our pet, sort of in the kennel, even though that they're all nice dogs. And we didn't really know how good they were. It was just that he was a bit aloof. He went in his kettle. Yeah, okay. Walk in there off his bed unless it was dinner time. Uh, it's just one of those dogs that, you know, he just sort of took over. So I sent him to Johnny Collins to have him broken in. Him and the rest of the litter that had, I had, on the all be broken at the same time. And John said, these are all right. But he said, this one, take it to be cotton wool. He was talking about Hyena.
1: Right, right. Well, it's certainly, he, he certainly won. He won races all around the country for you. Of course, won two Perth Cups uh, and a WA yep. Derby, Derby. So the, the, the connection to WA was pretty strong, wasn't it? But he, he won all around the nation. Uh, what was the biggest win you had with him, or the most memorable one?
3: Oh, probably, uh, probably the Perth Cup. Yep. Uh, Cal, the first time, or the second time, I think Kel had him, but... I can't remember that, was it? Yeah, yeah, that's
1: right, yeah. Yeah. Uh
3: but what happened? We were, uh I'd been racing in New South Wales in Victoria and uh I got to know Kel Greeno pretty well. And uh we had a heap of dogs and I thought to myself, this dog's stuff good enough to to travel, so we started travelling and it got a bit hard for us, so I ended up bringing in uh, sending him down to Kell for the second one, and he won a ten lead with him. And uh, uh, yeah, the another race he won, I can't remember more at the moment. But he made a heap of every just for every final that was on in Melbourne. He either made it or he was removing it, which included oh. you know the, the big the big races.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, but you actually prior to that second Perth Cup heat, you'd retired him, uh, but uh, you brought him back with Cal. What was the reason? Yeah. First, first, um, yeah.
3: Well, we we retired him, and um, he he just didn't get any any work. You know, he had the odd one here and there, but well, the big problem we had in Queensland was when he first started, he won everything. You know, he's won, he won. One stage here. He won, I think, nine races in a row at at Albion Park, breaking thirty every time. You know, running twenty nine sevens and eights, and um, he he just was going so well that we thought this was easy. Then they introduced the fight back lure or the run on lure, and well, because he was so quick, he'd win the race by ten meters or ten lengths, and. Um, all the dogs would crash into him. where well, he got to the stage where he just wouldn't go in Queensland. Right. There's another reason I sent him to Cal, you know, because he'd, he'd go everywhere else but stay to Queensland. Well, he, he just said, wouldn't have a boat. He, he wouldn't begin.
1: Yeah. Didn't like the yeah, finish on. Um.
3: No, well, he'd get, he'd get knocked over every time just about, because yeah, he'd go in on the lure early, and the other seven dogs would just crash into him, you know. So he just, he just got to the stage where he just didn't want to race there.
1: Fortunately, you could certainly race at other tracks. Hey, what was the what was the thought or what what was the feeling when he did become the highest stakes earner at that stage? Uh, uh,
3: wonderful wonderfulation because you know the breed of good dogs one thing, but to become the highest stake earner in Australia at the time was 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 over the moon. You know, it just things you dream of, but to have it, actually have it happen to you is is a wonderful feeling.
1: Oh, and at the time and taking over from Rapid Journey who was such a a legend of the track. It's a big achievement and the dog will goes down as one of the best ever.
3: Yes, that's right. One of the at the time, you know, when when uh, when he won it, it was when they only when the state money group won for fifty thousand to the winner. After that they all started to go up to seventy five and then you had uh, you know, like the Easter egg and all those sorts of races were $300,000 races, so it, it, it certainly made it easier for the dogs in the in the later stages uh, to uh, get to a million dollars pretty easy.
1: Yeah, definitely. Well, it ter- well, it's easier, not easy, but easier for sure. there was a great period for que- Queensland uh, Greyhound Racing at that time as well, wasn't it? There were a lot of good dogs coming out of the state around that era.
3: Yeah, it was, it was a funny, funny. We, when we went over there, we sort of just cast as the, uh, the WA people who don't do a lot about greyhound racing, and we bred a few litters and, and put put us on put us on the map straight away, you know. And mm. uh, I had people ringing me saying, "How did you breed that one? Or what do you use? The, you know, what did you use? Uh, what sire does you use? Or why did you use that sire? And things like this." And uh, there was a bit of a revelation happened there for a while. Um, had people wanting to buy pups bitches out of our line so that they could continue on what we we're doing yeah, so it was uh yeah it was a it was a a period where we, we weren't sure exactly what we're doing, but we <laughs> we were just using <laughs> common sense type things you know
1: yeah sure hey and you you moved back to w a eventually and of course we were very glad to have you back uh and of course once again you picked up and Winning races, good dogs, uh, you know, just picked up where you left off, pretty much. Uh, tell me, uh, Dave, we we do have to move on, but just one real quick one bef- before we let you go. You, you've obviously seen a lot in the game over the years, but uh, what are, what's kind of the the biggest issue you think that's, that's facing the sport, uh, you know, moving forward?
3: Uh, I think the uh, the problem is, is the people who don't know anything about the sport who see us racing dogs and think they're treated like uh, poorly and things like this. And I I think education of these people to ensure that they understand what we do, how much effort we put into making sure that they turn up every week and race and the conditions they live in and all those things, Uh, I I think a a lot of people are just uh, uh, quite happy just to make make a decision on what someone said.
1: Sure, yeah. Oh, and, and, and I think and, and,
3: if, we can, it, if we can drag those people in and show them what we do and how they live, they would be surprised.
1: It is—it's an easy decision to do, isn't it? If you're not—if you're not connected to the sport, but yeah, the, the welfare angle certainly been a big improvement in the industry over the past um, decade or so. Yeah. Hey, hey, Dave, listen, all the, Thank you very much for joining us. Great to have a chat to you. Love talking about high in any <laughs> any day of the week. We can do that. Uh, and uh, good luck uh, with your greyhounds on the weekend. Thanks very much. Good stuff. There we go. Dave Robertson uh, on the other side of the break. We're catching up with David Short from Tab Touch.
0: Live on ACN Track, you're listening to Go Greyhounds with James Broadhurst and Callum Robson.
2: Welcome back to Go Greyhounds, joining us on the show as he does every week. David Short from Tab Touch. Always a pleasure having you join us. Shorty, how are you?
4: Very well, thank you, Lea, Cal, JB. Great to be with you guys.
1: Yeah, indeed. Good to have you on, mate. Big news from last night at Cannington. Linda Britton is back. Uh yeah, one Hall of Famer. Yeah, one runner, one winner. She's back.
4: Doesn't take long, has it, uh, JB? Mm. She's an absolute star, Hall of Famer, as we know. And uh, this dog's worth following out of last night. Our Seabrook uh, early split was okay, five-fifth one an overall sub-30 for a young dog. Uh, it'll be fizzing its way through the grades you'd suggest. Also out of the meeting last night, the winner of the last Cyclone Harry, one of Miss Bamsey's pups, uh running sub twenty two, twenty one, ninety two, uh that was a performance of a dog that I think will be winning a few races in the next little patch as well.
1: What I what I liked about the the Linda Britton one, Chris House ran third uh in that race as well. <laughs> don't don't you think he got a bit of stick
4: when they got back Would've to the kennel? It little clip over the years that uh, <laughs> she's still got the superior status you think jb uh, look uh, i don't think it'll be the last so. time we see linda Britton uh, bring home a winner she's an absolute star trainer
1: indeed okay what about Amanda tonight mate
4: quite like this card um the first one that i've come up with i thought would be the price has come up big unders uh, ed the expert race three number one's finally drawn a box drawn an average lineup and should win, but I was hoping for something with a three or four in front of it. It's got a two in front of it, so I might just be watching, but um, should be winning race three, number one, Ed, the expert on the downgrade there. Thought race six, number two, Sunset Atomic, would be very hard to beat. Uh, one for your multis tonight there. It's got good early pace. Should be able to roll to the top and be hard to stack. In the free for all over the 302 metres, uh, Bundy Banner's a dog that I'm interested in here. Drawn... Box number six, but this dog showed really good acceleration in tougher races the last couple. Uh, comes across the WA with a really good records. Already run here in uh, sub-17 seconds. I uh, thought it could overcome the draw and be the dog to beat at a reasonable price race. Seven number six, Bundy Banner. And rounding it out, another leg of a multi-race. Nine number two, Landish Boy. has got that good early pace. Went 17-12 last week. Something like that would be getting the Chockeys again. So uh, race three, number one, moving on to race six, number two, race seven, at number six, and race nine, number two. They're the four bets for me tonight there at Mandra.
1: All right. Uh, we stick with Mandra for Friday night. What do you like uh, on the card down there?
4: Fairly tricky card, just three races that I'm interested in. Race one, I thought number six, Dandelup Jet, could continue on the winning form. Clear danger, drawn the eight, Wasabi Bob. So six and eight there in race one is how I'll be playing that race. Uh, race five, number two, Chloe's the boss on an each-way basis. Pretty open event. Uh, Chloe's the boss, a winner of four of seven, track and trip shows her best. She can be right in the finish. And race six, number three, Stanger Moose looking to make it four on the bounce, the best of them. Are. Race one, six from eight, race five, number two, each way, and race six, number three, Moose.
2: Surely let's swing our attention to headquarters. Exciting night of chasing there with the Canning Cup. Earlier start first at 3.54 and we've got the heats of the Young Stars.
4: We have indeed. We get to see Sunset Spinfire looking to make it eight on the bounce. Flake Manelli going around on the card. Three bets for me on the night race three. Number seven Starbook uh, with Fernando Star in the race. We might get a reasonable price. I think that Starbook from the perfect draw where it's four for four will be hard to beat. Race three number seven. Race six number three. Historic time it looks to be the value bet for me on the program. I love the way this dog's been chasing last five starts. Three wins, two placings. With Sunset Nuclear in the race, we should get a good price about Historic Time race 6, number 3 each way, and rounding it out with race 9, number 3 hairpin trigger. Looks well-placed with a step up to 715 metres. Saturday night in recap, race 3, number 7, race 6, number 3 each way, and race 9, number 3.
1: All right, don't forget, punters, of course, early start time for the Saturday night uh, card around 4 o'clock local time. Uh, just quickly, Shorty, you got to have an opinion on the uh, Top Gun. Tommy Shelby has box 1.
4: Uh, any hope? Big hope. He's currently the favourite, I think, around that 320 range. So uh, the punters and bookmakers certainly think Tommy's hard to beat. I'm happy to stick with him. I'll be cheering hard for the red rug. Go, Tommy, there on Saturday night. Uh, Let's hope he's the third West Australian winner of a Top Gun in the history of the race.
1: Yeah, indeed. Uh, Looking forward to it. Should be absolute cracker. Shorty, thanks again for your contribution. We'll catch up with you next week.
4: Cheers, guys. Good luck. Enjoy your weekend.
1: Thank you. What do you guys think about the Top Gun there?
0: Cal, got a, got a thought? I was differing him. You, you ruled Tommy out straight up, even before the box draw was yeah, out. I don't think he's got much of a chance in this field. I think there's a lot of dogs that can run a lot quicker than Tommy. I think Simon told Helen to perfectly drawn in box eight. We saw um, him perform in Melbourne. I was a little disappointed last start, but box eight, he should be able to muster down the outside the lead and win. All right, okay. De- devastating for Tommy fans. All right, give us your tips for the next couple of nights there, Cal. Uh, tonight... Um, I'm with Shorty. Race three, number one, Ed the Expert. I'm not surprised about the price. I think it starts with a one in front of its name. Uh, race four, number eight, Yundera Mick. For those that like to play one at long odds, I think it's currently around the $20 mark. Uh, from box eight, should be able to stay relatively wide and run home pretty strong. Uh, on for Friday night, race four, number one, Lou Lee, think can lead from one. And uh, when it, this dog leads, it's a different animal. Uh, we'll be able to lead and win. And race uh, nine, number seven, Rocket Cooner.
1: All right. Leia, big smile. She loves Lou Lee as well. She's uh, she's on board with that, aren't you?
2: I did. I did have a look at their form, and I thought Lou Lee would perform out of box one here as well.
1: All right, indeed. There we go. Hopefully we've got a winner or two for you over the next few nights of a racing. That's all we've got time for. Hope you've enjoyed this edition of Go Greyhounds brought to you by Auto Owls. We'll catch you next week.